Welcome to episode 73 of the Implant Games Podcast. I am your host, Chris Genthy, and I have a great show lined up for you today. So let's go ahead and get started with a little bit of news. So this week, uh, forget his first name, last name, Infune, announced Mighty Number no. 9 was being delayed. So this was supposed to come out in early February, and uh, now they're announcing that it's not going to come out until sometime in the spring. So... It has to be between now and the end of March, I guess. Um, if you're not familiar with Mighty Number no. 9, it is kind of a spiritual successor to the Mega Man games. Um, so Infune kind of left Capcom or did whatever he did and uh, decided to kind of bring back that franchise. Um, obviously couldn't use the Mega Man name and kind of created something called Mighty Number no. 9. Now this was originally a Kickstarter and I believe at the time it set all sorts of records. I believe they raised millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or what have you um, to kind of bring this to light. I believe there's been a demo released kind of showing off the gameplay mechanics and uh, this is the third delay of the title. Now on the official website um, I was looking through the comments to kind of gauge what fans were thinking and a majority of them were negative as you would expect. Usually, if people have something positive to say, they just keep it to themselves, and then obviously people with something negative to say have no problem sharing that. Um, But it seems like people are are starting to turn against the game a little bit. They weren't super impressed with the demo, and uh, I think the delays are kind of starting to frustrate people. And I think what's most frustrating about the delay is that it's for multiplayer, so network co-op. Um, they're having problems getting that code working on all the different platforms that they're releasing it for. So it's not done and it's not ready and it's been pushed back yet again. Now, I, I've been paying attention to this, you know, since it kind of came out. It was one of those first really big projects on Kickstarter, sort of like the Pebble Watch, where people really got excited about crowdfunding and things like that. So I've always found it really interesting. Obviously, Shenmue uh, 3, same thing that we talked about last week. So I've always followed it, but I didn't give any money for that Kickstarter project. And I guess if it's released on the Wii U... I don't know if it is or not. To be honest with you, I haven't paid attention. Um, Maybe I would buy it. um, But I think as time goes on, um, they're going to lose, you know, that luster, that interest. So if they don't release it soon, I think the Internet is just going to stop caring about the game. I don't think personally that it's going to be able to live up to like Mega Man X or Mega Man 2 or or some of the other classic titles that people really enjoy. Um, You know, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, But I'm a little... I don't really get the whole point of network co-op and then the fact that that's the reason why the game keeps getting delayed is is kind of dumb. So whatever, hopefully it's a masterpiece. Uh, hopefully the people that kind of funded that project, you know, get their money's worth and uh you know, if it is a good game, maybe there'll be some sequels and they won't take so long to make, but it's really cool that they're kind of making a, you know, a 2D side-scrolling Mega Man styled game, um but I don't you know, creating indie style 2D games really shouldn't be, shouldn't take that long. Um, you know, the tools are there and uh, I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. But it's been delayed. It's not coming out here next week or the week after. It's like February 6th, February 9th, somewhere in there. And now those fans are going to have to wait a bit longer. So we shall see how that works out. Uh, the other piece of news, this actually happened just yesterday. Um, 
The folks over uh, developing the Coleco Chameleon released a video on YouTube yesterday kind of showing off uh, the game. So I did watch that. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the Coleco Chameleon is. So this started off as the... Actually, the story of this goes way back to the Atari Jaguar. So, so let's start there. Everybody likes it when I talk about the Jag. So let's start there. So when the... Jaguar failed and the the Tremils kind of sold off all of those assets um, a company this dental company bought the molds to the actual Jaguar shell so that they could make molds and they used it in a dental camera now if you're even mildly interested in retro video games you probably already know that you've seen the picture um, and here's actually the shell right here so those of you watching that on video here is the dental shell so you can see like the uh, the back was removed from the mold if we look at the front here the Atari uh, is missing um, it's got a clear button which is kind of neat and then if we open this up um, there were two posts right here let's see if I can get that there were two posts right here that don't actually match up with the Jaguar motherboard so I actually grinded those off and there should be right here <laughs> and they should be right here um, so that the Jag fits on there. So I don't use this for my Jag anymore, um, partially because I have a Jag CD and then partially because it's starting to yellow like a Super Nintendo. So this is a dental shell. I think it was called like the Hot Rod Dental Camera. I don't know. But anyway, those molds then sat around in a warehouse for a really long time. And then they were bought. So the 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 actual shell of the console along with the the cartridge shells those molds those metal molds that you can inject with plastic and make more were actually purchased by i believe mike kennedy of gamegavel.com um so I'm, I'm trying to be a little gentle here on all of this just because um one time many years ago me and austin criticized game gavel and then uh, we actually got an email from mike kennedy um he i get i don't know someone pointed him in our direction of us kind of talking about how that service wasn't as great as it should be and, and he ended up responding. So, if Mike Kennedy's listening, I'm trying to be gentle. So anyway, he bought those molds and then uh, I believe he actually uh, made some clear Jaguar shells for the, the Jag community so um, they could have clear shells for their Atari Jaguars. I'm not even sure if he kind of fixed the problems that were with the mold. I at, wasn't interested at that point. I've got my white shell. Um, you know from when it was a dental case and I'm not going to buy another one but anyway so after he bought those molds and then released those uh, those shells to the Jag community um, a while after that he announced a cartridge based video game console called the retro VGS and of course the retro VGS looked exactly like Atari Jaguar except for it was black and uh, so that, I guess, is why he bought those molds. So instead of paying um, to have molds tooled and all of that, he just bought the Jag ones, modified it for what he needed. You know, it's a good-looking console. I like the look of the Jag. And uh, it makes sense for a retro-styled console. And then he's got the shells, because games for this system are going to be released on cartridges, like the old days. Um, so that went on Kickstarter. I think it tried to raise almost two million, and I think it raised like sixty thousand, and it was pretty much shut down. Um, I don't quite know what the backlash was, why people were so disinterested. Um, 
I guess I do know why. Because nobody wants a cartridge-based video game system, because it's kind of an absurd idea. Um, I've talked about this in the past as well, um, but whether we like it or not, the future of video games and video game distribution and movies and movie distribution, and we can already see that with music, nobody buys CDs. Most people don't buy CDs. Um, the future is digital, so I wasn't particularly interested in like, look at the OUYA, right? Like, a really cool Android-based gaming system, all online, um, decent controller, <clears throat> decent support at launch. Nobody cared, nobody bought it, and I don't think they make them anymore. Um, so then to, to take a step backwards from something like the OUYA, which is very forward-thinking, and then making a, a cartridge-based retro 16-bit style system just didn't make any sense to me. And I guess it didn't make sense to anybody else. Either that or they didn't have faith in Mike Kennedy or the company or what have you. And then after that died, a few months back, um, the Coleco Chameleon was announced. So... Uh, Coleco, they made a lot of um, home computers in Europe and the U.S. way back in the 80s. I don't know my history of home computers as well as I would like, so I'm going to try and be real general. I don't want to make any mistakes here. Um, but basically, whatever owns the Coleco name now teamed up with the, with the Retro VGS team and kind of relaunched um, the system as the Coleco Chameleon, which sounds a lot cooler than the retro VGS, but I think a lot of the same problems exist. Um, it's not really a Coleco, and uh, you know those fans of the Coleco system probably aren't going to buy it. Just like for the most part, we don't buy like plug and play TV systems. Um, you know, you can buy a Sega Genesis controller. It's made by like Jack Pacific. Like, if you really want a Genesis, you're not going to buy that. Um, so I don't really know who is going to, or if anybody is going to buy the Coleco Chameleon, but it exists, it's out there, and then a video was put up yesterday on YouTube, I'll have a link to that um, in the show notes, um, either below this video, or of course if you're listening to the mp3 file, that'll be on implantgames.com, and uh, it's an interesting video, it appears that it's going to have like a ColecoVision and an and an Intellivision uh, emulator or something. And then they also, some new games, like some uh, side-scrolling beat-em-ups and some side-scrolling run-and-guns, which I presume will be released on cartridge. And that's kind of like the modern 16-bit style game. So nothing on there like blew me away or anything, but I guess it's cool that, you know, it exists. Um, my guess is that it's all running in, I don't know, an emulator of some sort. I don't really know. I don't even know if the Coleco Chameleon is just, you know, another Android machine that happens to accept cartridges. The whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. Where would you buy a cartridge? It's not like you can go to Walmart and buy them or, you know, maybe they're going to, you know, try and get specialty shops uh, across the U.S. I don't know. It just seems like such a terrible waste of money like if i had millions of dollars this is not how i would invest it. it it makes no sense nobody wants this nobody's asking for this it's neat but i mean unless there's some really awesome games for it there's just no point the future of gaming is apps the future of gaming is digital distribution and uh you know, the next generation of systems, we're probably not going to go buy Blu-ray, you know, games at the store. It's it's going to die. Um, so that's the Coleco Chameleon. I didn't talk about the, I don't believe, my time frame's a little fuzzy, but 
the retro VGS has turned into the Coleco Chameleon, and that's kind of where we're at. So check out that video. Let me know what you think. So the final thing I wanted to talk about, and I actually didn't really have uh, a strong show lined up for you today. Um, my backup plan was to talk about uh, some movies. I um, spent a lot of time over the last two weeks watching bad comic book movies. So like the original Spider-Man trilogy, Daredevil, uh, the bad Batman movies, Batman and Forever, Batman and Robin. Um, the Hulk, not the Incredible Hulk, but the one before that without Edward Norton, The Hulk. And I was going to kind of talk about those a bit, the pre-Iron Man movies, um, like when comic book movies like turned the page and started getting really good. But I'll save that for another time. So I wanted to talk a bit about YouTube. Um, so what happened this past week is a guy named uh, Doug Walker, um, who is, I guess, the owner of the Channel Awesome. He's the nostalgia critic. So around the same time James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, like back in 2009, 2010, started really becoming huge on the video game side, Doug Walker kind of took that angry video game nerd persona and applied it to, to reviewing movies. And he's been doing that for six, seven years now, very successfully, has a whole business wrapped around it, and people really enjoy his content. Now... I believe he was on Blip TV for a long time, and that's died. Um, like everything that's not YouTube has died. Everyone's had to move over to YouTube. So he's on YouTube, and I assume he's having a lot of copyright issues, um, as anybody you know who kind of reviews movies probably does. Um, but he put out a video saying, for the last 24 days, our YouTube channel received a copyright strike, and we can no longer we no longer have monetization. And then every other feature of your of your YouTube channel has pretty much been shut down. So um, he was limited to 15 minute videos. Uh, couldn't do monetization. I'd have to look at my uh, YouTube. I don't have any copyright strikes, so all my little lights are green, saying you can do this, 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 and this. Um, so he was kind of like at square one. Like if you create a new YouTube channel, you're not a partner, you kind of are pretty limited. So he kind of finally came out and said, this is what's happening to the channel and um, made a video about it. I think it's got over like a million views. It said, why does YouTube hate us? And then uh, the very next day, he released another video saying basically all the... All of that has kind of went away. They now have monetization. Um, but it kind of brings up a few interesting points. And the first one is just fair use. What is fair use? So I don't have any, I've never had a copyright strike. I've never had a monetization taken away from some of my videos with like a Konami or a Nintendo saying, no, you know, we own this. We're going to take the ad revenue. The only oddity I've ever had with YouTube ever was some for a few days monetization was removed from my Laserdisc overview video. And then it mysteriously came back. I didn't have any like windows telling me there was an issue. Like it literally, I noticed one day, hmm, that's not monetized. And then a week later I noticed, hey, now 100% of my videos are monetized again. So I've never had these issues. I'm sure someday I will. Um, hopefully not, but we'll see. Um, but I kind of try and keep fair use in my head. What is fair use? 
I don't want a copyright strike. I don't want to lose monetization. I don't want one of these companies taking my revenue from one of my videos. So that's not a copyright strike, but a different issue. Kind of wish Austin was here. I know a lot of his videos, um, the monetization has been taken away um, for his Let's Play videos. So he could kind of talk about what that looks like or what that means. I haven't personally had any of those issues, thankfully. Um, but I try really hard to not to. So like when I reviewed the Road Rash games that have like a licensed soundtrack, I just recorded the footage without, um, I just didn't listen to music while I played the game. I just listened to the hum of the motor and then um, just laid some uh, Creative Commons music over top of the video so that it kind of all made sense. But I just ignored it. I'm like, there's copyrighted music here. The music industry is really bad about, you know, hitting YouTube for... Uh, violating the the music copyright so I just try and avoid it uh, all of my videos feature about like 8 to 10 seconds of music at the beginning and the end of the video and then in the middle now I don't even show off the music I just don't want to deal with that hassle I don't know I don't want to deal with it so I just don't showcase the music if you ever watch my videos and wonder why I don't talk about the music it's because of that because I don't want Konami to say you know this is our Castlevania music and you have no right to show that in your video so I just don't showcase it at all that's my choice that's what I've done alright so what I really wanted to do here uh, was I'm gonna just read the Wikipedia definition of fair use so fair use is a legal doctrine that permits limited use of copyrighted materials without requiring permission from the rights holder um, so reporting um, like news so if you watch a news program and they show some like Batman footage in the background like that's fair use they're showing the only way they can demonstrate um, you know the movie is to show it and then obviously it's it's a news program and they're allowed to use that to, to inform the public same with like a critical review per law I am allowed to demonstrate and show footage of a game for the purposes of reviewing it um, that's just the right I have and I try and make the reviews you know very this is obviously a review it's I try to be entertaining but it's not an entertainment program I'm not showing off footage without me talking anything like that at all now when you get into like the let's play when you're demonstrating the game and maybe there isn't always talking over it is that fair use you know I'm not a lawyer this is not legal advice I don't know um, but the let's players have had issues so I plan on introducing some let's plays uh, in the future but they're gonna be like very edited it's not gonna be 60 minutes of Sonic 1 it's gonna be probably chopped down into seven or eight minutes to try and make that fit into fair use so we'll see how that goes um, as far as Doug Walker is concerned I can see why he has issues if you've ever watched the nostalgia critic especially some of the older videos like he'll have like 35 minutes of movie footage and the movies 90 minutes and I don't know if that really qualifies as fair use showing off a full third of the movie is kind of beyond demonstration in my non-legal mind but whatever you know he's determined I'm sure he's you know he's got a business he's talked to lawyers and if they're telling him hey you're good here you know I would I would trust that advice obviously um, but I would never review movies for that very reason I don't I can't afford a lawyer to tell me this is fair use and I certainly I believe if you like appeal your copyright strike on YouTube um, and then fail 
I don't know what happens at that point. I don't want to find out that either. But it kind of brings us to the big problem with all of this. So for 24 days, Doug Walker has been following all the normal channels of appealing YouTube, like, hey, what's going on? How do we fix this? And has gotten nowhere, no real responses, no anything. And he puts up this video, it gets a million views, and the next day monetization is enabled. So what does that say about me? If I have this issue, I'm not going to be able to put up a video and get a million views and then, you know, have it resolved because I'm a big guy making a lot of complaints. And other people have talked about that as well. Um, I believe the completionist has had some issues in the past, but he's got a really large audience. So if he makes a big stink, it's going to reach YouTube and get resolved. But for the for the little players, you know, that only have a couple thousand views, they don't have that ability to to make that kind of change, which is really unfortunate. And then obviously following the normal channels to, to get this resolved doesn't work either. There's nobody at YouTube, there's no like 1-800 number where you can just call and say, hey, I'm having a problem. You know, like if you have an issue with your insurance or you have an issue with your computer or your Xbox, like you can call Microsoft and talk to a person and get the issue resolved for the most part. There isn't that for YouTube. There is no tech support. You just have email forms and like automated computer responses and it's kind of a problem. So going back to 2009-2010, YouTube you didn't have to be on YouTube. So uh, James Rolfe, Angry Video Game Nerd, I believe was on Game Trailers. Game Trailers had their own video platform. I would upload videos on there and it wasn't just a link to YouTube. Like it was on their servers and you would get way more views than you would on YouTube. So I could put up a video and get 1,200, 1,500. If it made the front page, 5,000 views in like a week. Um, like people were there. It was like a destination for like video game videos and had nothing to do with Google and YouTube at all. And then the other big one at the time, this just shut down recently, which was Blip TV. So this one was even better than game trailers because there was real monetization. So um, the Nostalgia Critic, it was all on Blip TV. And, you know, it was a great web player and it worked. And the monetization, again, was really fantastic on Blip. Like you could get five to ten dollars CPM. So every five to ten dollars for every thousand views. Um, and that is so much better than YouTube. Right now, I'm probably, I think I'm getting like 80 cents. Last month was like two bucks. This month is trending around 70 or 80 cents, which is pretty pathetic, to be honest with you. But there's no competition anymore. So Blip TV and game trailers, they used to be really viable platforms to put your videos on. And they all, they kind of died. Game trailers doesn't really support that anymore. Blip TV shut down. Um, and that's why you're seeing all of this stuff on YouTube. So Angry Video Game Nerd didn't used to be on YouTube. It was like delayed a year or more. And then same goes for uh, Dog Walker and the Nostalgia Critic. Like it just didn't have a YouTube presence. And then when those shut down, you kind of have to move to YouTube because there is nowhere else. Um, but because there's no competition, YouTube doesn't really have to do anything. They don't have to support you. I guarantee when uh, Doug had a problem on Blip, there was somebody that he could call and talk to and get it resolved. Or when James had an issue, he could go to Screw Attack or, or Game Trailers and get the issue resolved. And now that's all gone. YouTube has a problem as well because 
they're the biggest and they have a huge wallet, um, that's a nice juicy target for content owners to go after. And YouTube kind of is stuck in this weird spot where they have to have an ability to shut down a video so that they aren't held liable for millions or thousands of dollars. Um, but it kind of just creates this weird spot. They don't want to lose their ass on a lawsuit, yet content owners, content creators, you know, they're not really being treated as important as they are. Um, YouTube wouldn't exist if it wasn't for content creators, yet they're not being catered to and taken care of. Um, and I find that really, really unfortunate. So hopefully I never run into that. Fair use is always such a, a weird gray area and I don't really, nobody really knows. Like unless you have a lawyer and can go to court and have, you know, somebody rule on that. Um, you know, the Supreme Court, I believe, has made a couple of rulings, like back in the VHS days, basically saying, yes, you can record television programs to VHS for time shifting, um, which is a really important ruling um, because now we have things like, well, not maybe so much now, but like 10 years ago, you could TiVo things. Um, I wonder if everyone actually knows what TiVo is. That would be interesting. Does anyone still use TiVo? I'm not sure. I guess DVR would be the appropriate term. But because of that ruling in the 80s, the correct best ruling, you know, we had these awesome innovations 15, 20 years down the road. <sighs> I don't know where I was going with that, but basically um, everything's back to normal with, uh, with uh, Nostalgia Critic. Um, he's getting his monetization. And um, let's, uh, before I end here, but let's talk about that. We'll tie it back to episode 70, where we kind of talked about Patreon and making money uh, doing videos. So basically for three weeks, he didn't get paid because he doesn't sell merchandise. He doesn't have Patreon. He has, I don't, watching his videos, I don't think he has sponsors. So like, you know, like an Audible ad or a Casper mattress ad or anything, like he is relying 100% on YouTube AdSense or Google AdSense YouTube revenue, which to me is a really awful idea. Um, so like if this podcast ever gets like big, if that's possible, like 5,000, you know, downloads per, per episode, yeah, there's going to be a sponsor. Like you can't just rely on YouTube revenue to make a living anymore. Um, you know, like I talked about, Blip TV used to be five to ten dollars, and now YouTube is like fifty cents to two dollars. Like, and I'm sure you know that'll continue to get smaller as they they have a bigger and bigger monopoly. So, yeah, hopefully he diversifies and finds some other ways. But yeah, so those were kind of the big three things that happened for me this week. Mighty Number no. Nine is delayed. Uh, let me know if you're excited for that game or you know, if you've given up, like some of those comments I've read, the Coleco Chameleon um, and the Retro VGS, are you going to buy one? Does it interest you at all? Do you want to buy cartridges like you did in the 90s? Or is it a terrible idea? Let me know. And then finally, you know, Nostalgia Critic, uh, Channel Awesome losing their, their monetization and, and YouTube's monopolization of the whole digital video market. You know, how do you feel about that? Is, is YouTube the bad guy or is YouTube, you know, providing an awesome program for like me to put this video up for, for you to see without charging me anything for that hosting and that streaming, you know, all of those servers, all of that, uh, you know, fiber in the ground, you know, maybe I should be more grateful of YouTube. Let me know if I'm wrong, but 
Uh, that's all I have for you guys. If you uh, want to watch this show, it's on YouTube. If you want to download the MP3 and listen to it in the car um, using iTunes or your favorite feeder, I've got links in the description. Otherwise, visit implantgames.com. And uh, until next time, <laughs> until next time, guys, I'll see you next week.